Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne with Worldview Truth, and we are at the FPEA, Florida Parent Educators Association, and I am here with uh, Sue Trombino, and she is with Women Impacting the Nation. And um, I'm so excited. I've known you for, for a little while, and um, I'm really excited about all the stuff that you do. I want you to just kind of start off and tell us um, the organization, what it's about, and then some of the issues and the philosophies um, that's really, really um, doing, you're doing just an awesome job, in my opinion, on, 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 on what your principles are, if that makes sense. Well, first of all, thank you, Randy. I really appreciate you having me. I'm very humbled. You're awesome. I love the fact that you are, you know, you're just a man that's standing for what is right and true and noble and just, and, you know, you have an incredible, obviously, biblical worldview. So it's awesome to be around like-minded people, and, and especially a man that is standing. And so we need more men like you to stand. But um, uh, so what we do is we, our mission statement, Randy, is that we educate and equip women and men with knowledge of God's truth about our faith, our family, and our freedoms, and then we help support those who take a stand for the Judeo-Christian principles upon which our country was founded. So what we do is we have uh, we have what's called wind talks. They're like book clubs all over the country, and you get educated with truth and facts, not emotion, not conjecture, and I even talk about our opinions because we're all entitled to our opinion. We're just not entitled to our own facts. But so I kind of stir the pot and get you to think, and unfortunately, We've become a nation of non-thinkers, and Karl Marx said a nation of non-thinkers is easily led. And right. uh, so I'm not from here. I'm actually from Caracas, Venezuela. Uh, I'm blonde, blue-eyed. You would never know that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of fun with that in Miami and all the other places. But uh, my dad is from northern Spain, so people don't realize that northern Spaniards and northern Italians are blonde and blue-eyed. And uh, and I'm Trombino because I'm married an Italian. So, oh, okay. Uh, but um, so what we do is we're, right now we're doing a tour called Saving Our Republic, Ensuring Liberty. So we have a big bus and we travel all over. We'll come into whatever city and state. We'll come into your home. We'll do everything uh, that it takes because um, we need people to think. I love to, we have a methodology, Randy, that is, um, is kind of neat because a lot of times right now people don't even know what to do. They, they have their thoughts. But when your family member or your neighbor or somebody is not in the same you know, mindset as you, you, we kind of take a step back. I mean, we're supposed to be at least holding the line. Right. I mean, we really should be advancing the line in the Christian community. But we're backing off because we don't know how to combat the other side. Because the other side, quote unquote, sounds good. Right. And anything that sounds good, no pun intended in Florida, but it's a red flag. Right. And... Uh, so I kind of just ask questions, and Jesus asked questions. We ask questions of, why are you here? What's important to you, not to your spouse, your best friend, your neighbors, your kids, but what's important to the person sitting in your seat? And then the third question is, why do you believe the way you believe? Can you articulate why you're a Christian, why you're you know, Jewish, why you're atheist, you know, Republican, Democrat? I really don't care, why? And I remember years ago, Josh McDowell took 100 pastors and said, why are you a Christian and why are you a pastor? And half of them couldn't tell him. That is, that is frightening. And it is. And, but and, I believe we're probably where we are as a nation because of that 
because of that problem right there. We travel in our bus, we travel all over, and as I drive by a, a, a church, I stop by and want to introduce myself to the pastor, looking for the watchman, right. the pastor that is preaching the whole counsel of God, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Are you praying for our country, and are you getting together with other pastors and you know praying for our country and praying together? So I had the privilege of doing that, and I sat, I've sat with probably 374-plus pastors. And I have to tell you, as a mom and a wife, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm just a mom and a wife, and I don't say just, but I'm not theologically trained. I'm not, you know, um, you know, biblical, you know, that. I mean, I read my Bible and everything, but it's the spirit in you. And I have to tell you, half of those pastors should not be behind that pulpit. It's scary. And so, but we need to look for the watchmen. And even though that's why we're in the mess that we're in, is because the, the pastors aren't, you know, speaking the truth. They're not being fire and brimstone, not really preaching the whole council. I still believe there's hope because it's going to be the remnant. And, um, you know, one of our taglines at Win is 1256-1. And a lot of people want numbers. And I always say, you know, God is not a God of numbers, right? Gideon wanted 33,000. He got a whopping 300. Can right. you imagine? Right. <laughs> and uh, then you have one woman took out prayer and Bible out of the school. Yeah, that's right. Right? I mean, Texas, Iowa, and California, I believe, became states by one vote. And a madman was put into power by a chancellor, and that was Adolf Hitler. So your vote does matter, but it's the remnant. So our 1256-1 is there was only 12 disciples, there was only 56 signers of the Declaration, and there was only one Savior slash Messiah. What can you do? Wow. So your audience, what can you do? One person can make a difference, and we need to step up you know, to the plate with that. So, but Sue, tell me, uh, you we were talking off off air. Tell me about the three points that you brought out. I think these these three issues are so so critical. Mm -hmm. So, kind of tell us a little bit about where you came up with that, where it came from, and, and tell me a little bit about about your passion with that. Well, it was interesting. It was just really a God thing. I was talking to about a hundred pastors and leaders a little while ago. And, uh, and I knew I had to talk with them and, and say, look, I know some of you don't want to get involved in quote unquote politics. And I said, but somebody's worldview is going to win out. And I said, I also said, you know, who did Jesus speak to? Didn't he speak to the Pharisees and the Sadducees? So somebody's worldview, I mean, with, I mean who, and well, first of all, who was the government of the day, right? It, right. You know, and um, it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, Jesus spoke to them, right? That was the government, right? So. Anyway, um, so I told them, I said, you know, God has lots of non-negotiables, um, but there are three that are non-non-non-negotiable. And um, the first one is life. God breathed life into Adam, right? And uh, our Constitution says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have liberty or pursuit of happiness without life. Right. So life is God's heart. He says, choose life. So he breathed life. So life is number one. That's a non-negotiable. Then there's marriage between a man and a woman, a biological man and a biological woman. And, um, and I know that's a very tough subject to talk about today because everybody wants to make sure that everybody doesn't offend or whatever, but that's God's heart. He, he made Adam and Eve. Now, he didn't make Adam and Steve, but does he love Steve? Yes, he loves Steve. So it's not about that. Right. It's what does God say? Because then he says, go out and multiply. Well, I, I, I ask you, I said, how do you multiply how with two plugs and two sockets? It's not possible. Right. And, um, and so um, it's funny because I had somebody say, Sue, you're so religious. And I go, well, let's forget the religion, okay, because I'm not religion, religion, religious. I have a relationship with Jesus. But I said, well, let's forget the religion. Let's go to the science. Does a bull go instinctively to another bull? 
or does it go to a cow? I don't know. You, I'm just asking the question, right? And then the pear, the peach, the apple, she has to have a male and a female tree. So that's God's heart, right? So it's life, then there's marriage, and then the third non-negotiable is Israel. I mean, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So, you know, what platform is for those three? It happens to be the R. So I just say we have to vote for our biblical values and, our non, and God's non-negotiables. And if only a quarter of the Christians would vote those non-negotiables, we would win, Randy, in a, in a landslide every single And the other side could not cheat enough for that. But we didn't lose because of cheating. We, won, we, didn't, we lost because we didn't show up. And the Christian needs to show up because we have to be a better steward of what God's given us. Let's, let's back up to one of those. Every one of those three points is under attack. Every single one. And from my, my perspective, the, the responsibility of where we are as a nation lies on the church. Um, that's my perspective. Um, and I totally agree with you. Sometimes you can't, um, people don't want to hear religion. But what I found out that biblical principles always are arguable um, scientifically every single way. Mm -hmm. It's always arguable that way. And um, I, I believe that if we don't get the church involved, that we are going to, we're at the brink of losing our nation. Mm -hmm. um, from every standpoint that you look at, the attacks on, um, on marriage um, is, I, in my lifetime, I would have never thought we are where we are right now mm -hmm. on that. I mean, you have, um, you know, major corporations are embracing this. this. This month is, you know, LGBT month or whatever it's called. Um, and, and the attack is, is great. And we have people in the pulpit, and I'm just, I'm just being out there right now, that um, are ignoring the issue um, because it's not popular right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I strongly believe that if we don't get engaged in that, if we don't get churches engaged. You are a Christian, and you know, what, we all know what is right, what inherently is right, what God says if you're a Christian. If we are letting that pastor not preach the whole counsel of God, you know, fearful doesn't mean that you can't be, uh, that you can't do something. Yeah, we're all fearful of something, right? But you've got to start standing for, uh, again, for what is right and true. And, you know, this is what's passionate for me. And you need to speak the whole, you know, we need to start preaching and talking the truth here. And it's, yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, you don't want to offend. But you know, every family probably has somebody. I have a, a, you know, a niece who happens to be a lesbian. Do I like her lifestyle? No. But do I pray for her? And and uh, yes. But if I tell her that I'm in agreement with it, then I'm not in agreement with. It. That's right. So we have to be more afraid of what God says and if He's going to say well done or not. Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm fearful of: is that people are just going to be. You're going to go off by the wayside because it's really God who we have to be, you know, more accountable to than anybody else. And uh, I think that I really believe, Randy, that if we, the Christian, would just stand for what is right and true and noble and just, we're going to make a difference because people are looking for people like you, Randy, that are pre that are uh, saying the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. They're looking for that. They're so confused and. They don't know where to go because there's so many things coming at us, mm -hmm. and that's on purpose, right? To to distract us, mm -hmm. things sound good. But if we just would just have the courage to stand, Ephesians 6:13, 
then I really believe, I've had more people say to me, thank you for standing, and now you've given me courage to, you know, to talk to my girlfriends, or you don't have to get into an argument or anything, but if you're in a place where you're having lunch and they're all talking and they, you don't agree with them and you don't say anything, well, that's consent. Silence is consent. That's right. right, and silence right. is not an option anymore. No. So we have to just at least stand up and say, you know what, guys, I, you know, I love you all, but I'm just not in agreement with you. And this, this is a true story. And one of my gals that happened to somebody, and they actually, some of the other gals, said, thank you for standing because I'm feeling the same way, but I just didn't want to say anything. So we just have to learn to stand. People have to start. Yes. Taking a stand. Yeah, and because when we show up, we win. I mean, that's our tagline: is that we do. The Christian has to stand for that's what right. is right. Tell me how somebody that wants to get involved, how can they get involved? What's your website? How can they contact uh, your organization and, and get plugged into it? Well, you can go to womenimpactingthenation.org, and it's W-O-M-E-N, because we never forget our men. There you go. Uh, womenimpactingthenation.org. Uh, you can call our phone, and we have an 844 or go on to our website. We, we're on, we have a Wind Talk Radio, we have podcasts, Rumble, awesome. YouTube, all that kind of stuff that I'm not really good at, but <laughs> I'm supposed to talk about that. And so, but yes, womenimpactingthenation.org, and we're all in. We need to save this country for our legacy. And I ask your audience, what is your legacy going to be? What are you willing to do? Because we, Randy, are living, no matter what economic level you're at, no matter where you're at, financially, spiritual, wherever it is, we are living the dream in America. That's right. But That's we're right. going to, we're about to leave a nightmare to our children and our grandchildren. That's right. So what is your legacy going to be? Because, again, when we show up, we win. You know, one thing, and I just kind of close with this, is I don't want to look back on my life and and see the falling of our nation and look back and say i wish i would have mm -hmm. and, and i never want to do that i think we as as christians as patriots need to put everything on the line and do everything we can to uh, to engage our nation mm -hmm. get pastors involved hold them accountable and mm -hmm. I, I agree with you mm -hmm. um the, there's there are so many pastors that will not engage um defending um, Jewish friends, for example, mm -hmm. I, I was I was dumbfounded to, to realize that that was a issue. That has become a issue now, and, and I'm I'm just like, I, I, when did that happen? I didn't know that that was a that was a thing, mm -hmm. but apparently it is. So, I so appreciate what you do, and 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 um, I've I've seen a lot of your your work around around the state even around our nation, and, and I'm so grateful for what you do. Thank you, and God bless you. Well, thank you so much, Manny. Thank you for what you do, because we need more men like you to step up. God bless you. Worldview Truth. Hey, this is Randy Osborne. I'm with Worldview Truth, and we are at the FPEA, Florida Parent Educators Association, I have to go real slow on that because I'm really struggling <laughs> with that. But we have in uh, in the booth right now is Lou Marin, and you were with Florida Republican Assembly. Yes, And sir. that is a statewide organization. And tell us a little bit about that first, first of all, and, and then I want to get into some of the issues that's important and what you are fighting right now. 
Great. Well, first of all, I'll say, Randy, thank you for all you do, too, at Eagle Form, and we're excited to be here, too. It's kind of exciting to see all these little people running around here, and let me tell you, they are so intelligent compared to our public school kids. It just blows me out of the water it's to amazing. interact with these kids. Uh, we have a little, like, a Jeopardy going on in our booth. We ask some questions, and, man, they rattle off the question answers right away. I'm like, whoa, this guy knows his stuff, you know. I just heard you ask, ask I don't know, eight-year-old maybe? Yes. Okay. <laughs> ask ask a, an eight-year-old a question. <laughs> and it was what the what the first capital in the United States. Yes, Is that sir. What, what yes, question? sir. I'm going to be honest with you. I was struggling on that, <laughs> and I thought, wait a second, it, it has to be New York. It has to be New York because um, Washington did a lot of stuff in New York in the early days. So, Absolutely. but I was struggling with that. Yeah. And, well, we have a, a like four different categories, five categories. We have the uh, it's American history. And we talk about presidents. We talk about the early 1600s, the 1700s, 1800s, the 1900s. It just got a little. It's a kind of fun game because, in, in, the reward is if they get it right, they get a piece of candy. You know, and they love that uh, we have uh, high-end candy. I want to call it. You know, so but it's kind of exciting watching these kids take part in this and and uh, to test their knowledge. And let me tell you, man, they, I if somebody asked that question to me if I was walking by, I'd be struggling too. So don't feel bad. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what about a Florida Republican Assembly and then some of the issues that you've been working on and fighting with I know just recent times you you really really helped up in Volusia County but we'll talk about that at sure another time. well a lot of people don't know this but uh, I'm with the uh, Florida Republican Assembly uh, and it goes back all the way back to 1932 when it was first uh, founded and started getting organized in 1935 we're over 91 years old and the assembly started in California and uh, they morphed into 1996 into the National Federated Republican Assembly. And right now, currently, we're in 30 states and also Puerto Rico, which I just put a, a chapter down there, too. Uh, in California alone, they just got to the 38 chapter mark now. They got 38 chapters. Here in Florida, we have 15 chapters. And it looks like we're going to have 20 by the end of June and hopefully 30 in by end of July. We got people that are signed up for this organization. We're a Judeo-Christian organization. We're not part of the RPOF. We're not part of the RNC. We have our own bylaws. So uh, I jokingly always say we're rhino hunters and no license required. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, tell us a little bit about some of the, the things that you've been doing, That some of the, the battles. What's important? Um, to you as an organization, specifically in, in Florida? Well, we have three pillars that we stand for. The first one is community. I, I, one thing that really bothered me about the uh, GOP, uh, these Republican organizations, they're not in the community enough. They're not helping out uh, the different tribes. I'm Native American, but I'm American first. But it bothers me when I see we're not out, out reaching out to the uh, the Jewish tribes, the Hispanic tribes, the black tribes. It bothers me that we're not out there in the community making a difference. And so we have our first pillars, the community difference. We're helping out veterans get off the streets. We're helping out homeless, feeding the homeless. That's important. Here in Orange County alone last year, we put out over 262,000 pounds of food distrib distributed. We're not, oh, wow. we're don't, we don't, we don't organize or part of the pan. We're, we're not, uh, we don't have a pantry. It's, we, we work with the faith churches and say, listen, you need help? Give us, give the uh, uh, Republican assemblies a call. We'll come help you out. So we put on our, our assembly shirts and we go out and we make a difference out there for the, for the community. That's amazing. That's our first pillar. Our second pillar is our legislative pillar. And I tell people, if you want to make a difference, you got to get on a committee because a committee creates policies and policies turn into laws. That's right. So that's our, our, our uh, second pillar. So we're really big on committees. And our third and last one is candidate leadership training. 
if we're going to make a difference, we got to get people on the, from the grassroots that are like mine, like us, uh, that are what I call the grassroots folks to get them into office. I'm really proud last year we got 31 folks that went through our class. We have actually, oh, and by the way, I got to back up and tell you, I was blown away when I saw a satanic candidate leadership classes, blown away when I see LGBT candidate classes. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to put together a Judeo-Christian candidate training class. Last year, we had 31 people go through it. Out of the 31, 20 said, whoa, too much. I don't think I can do it. It's a good vetting tool. Out of the 11 that got into the race, seven made it out of the primary. Four got all the way through. So I'm pretty proud of that, you know, and it's kind of nice to be able to call it a, an FRA legislator that we train. It's kind of, hey, we need help. And you know what? They jump right on it. So there's a, you know, a great relationship we developed by doing that. So, but some of these issues that were really concerning with us here in FRA are two, I see our top four uh, issues that we have. Number one is um, our um, voter integrity. I'm really concerned. I saw this voter integrity bill 7050 put out there and it's really not transparent enough for us. I'll say it could be a great uh, start, but we got to get on this thing. We're redlining it as we speak now. And we're trying to get this in front of our, our FRA uh, um, legislators so we can show them this is the changes we're going to request. Not transparent enough, meaning that i kind of a little, little annoyed that to see that also they put in uh, uh, authorization for our governor. I love my governor, but they put him in, there, in that law to let him run for president. I'm going, that's not voter integrity nothing to do with voter integrity so i was a little baffled by that but besides, maybe it could have been a separate bill or something yeah it could have been a separate bill all by itself but I, that was a little little sneaky for me but, but that I, did ensure it got passed oh yeah it did get passed yeah <laughs> but end of the day though i was a little concerning because it seems to me the bill does not give the grassroots the local organizations like uh fra uh they tried to hide what's going on behind the curtain and i don't like that to me i want to be able to see full of transparency whatsoever uh, and of course, you'll be blown away when you see our new podcast that came out just uncovered. We uncovered a lot of things that uh, we found out how they're cheating and we know how they're doing it. So, um, and the other concern that we have too, another issue for us is the uh, medical freedom movement. We have a federal a medical freedom movement. Uh, we're just now taking that on too. Uh, when you look at the uh, two, two, SB 222 they passed, uh, the language is okay. We try to beef it up. And then all of a sudden they threw that out the door and they bought up SB 252 which is just not enough again. We want people to have a choice to take the jab or not. We also understand the jab, a recent video just came out too that uh, shows the origin and historical history of this COVID-19. It's been a hoax since day one. It was nothing but a scam to make money for the pharmaceutical companies, which I find very concerning. And it'll be more to be continued on that. Right. Uh, the third one I would say that I'm really concerned about too is um, uh, open carry, you know, and by the way, those three bills I just mentioned right now, the open carry, I was kind of concerned. I want to get open carry. I think open carry is important. It's in our constitution. You really you know, don't need permission. Uh, but I think uh, we'll, we're gonna work on that too, get that help passed. And, uh, and lastly is uh, we're concerned about the, um, I, we call our emergency, emergency uh, response team to make sure our pantries are, are full right now. I'm kind of concerned when I see over a hundred manufacturer food plants burning to the ground throughout the United States. Uh, I see uh, oil spills, uh, uh, hazmat spills across the United States on fertile soils that we normally grow our, grow our crops on. So I, I strongly believe we're going to have a food shortage. I want to make sure people got their uh, start growing their own food, take personal responsibility, and also stock their, on their pantries. Lou, tell me, I'm going to hone in on that for just a moment. Tell me what, what, what do you think is going on there? I, I'm seeing the same thing. I, I'm just, um, I'm very, very concerned about it. Then you have China buying up, you know, a lot of property. 
you know, for various reasons, I think. I mean, they, they do not, they don't do anything, just arbitrarily do it. It's very intentional what they're doing. But t tell me, tell me what you think about the overall picture. What is going on there, and and who's responsible for this? Who's who's doing this? If if they are indeed, if it's if it's something that somebody intentionally is trying to do. Well, I'm not a global. I'm not a, ther a, a conspiracy theorist. But you know, when I look at the big picture from the thirty thousand foot level, looking down, uh, to me, the globalists are trying to control us either through elections and or through medical and or through food. You take you think about any one of those uh, elements there. Uh, if you take all those away from them, they're, they're going to be some more subs, you know, subservient to what they want to do. So I, I strongly believe that uh, the globalists are trying to, uh, um, of course, depopulation the world with this COVID stuff. Right. I, I see that uh, food shortages are coming, and that's why I try to urge people. Uh, but I do, I do believe people like Soros behind this, the globalists behind this. Uh, uh, so it's a concern, and so I'm trying to look after all, uh, everybody, not just the left or the right, but all, all Americans, so we all got to come together and say, listen, we want our sovereignty. I'm concerned about the the, the World Health Organization coming in, uh, and, and I'm, uh, here's a guy, uh, Biden, out there negotiating our sovereignty to wave with these guys. That's a no-no with us. So we're working behind the scenes at the county level to put in ordinances for uh, uh, also resolutions to stop uh, any third-party entity that's not part of the United States that, uh, no, I will not comply. So, but we're working with the state legislators across, or excuse me, state uh, um, um, local folks in the local county level to make sure that they we put an ordinance in there and a resolution to stop anybody coming in here forcing a jab on us. Right. Let's, let's, go, let's go to that, the medical freedom issue. This, by the way, this is a major, major issue with FPEA. Um, it's something that they're very passionate about. Um, I was actually doing lobby work for F FPEA a few years ago. This is before COVID on the, um, on the HP vaccine. This is the, uh, basically they were some, some legislators on both sides of the aisle, by the way, uh, were, had put a bill in to mandatory, um, it was a mandatory vaccination. And, um, Basically, it's a virus that only exists when there's um, sexual activity. So basically, it's it's pushing kids into a vaccine mandatory that that um, parents didn't want. I mean, there, there's no value to it unless your unless your child is uh, sexually active. So that was one of the um, things that. It's, so FPA is very very passionate about that. I actually did lobby work for them for that. So That's great. tell us a little bit about, um, and, and again, I'm, I'm very concerned about this. I have seen from my own eyes uh, some things that have happened in this, um, uh, with this jab, uh, with this whole, and yeah, I do believe that, that it, the whole thing was, was uh, orchestrated. There's, you know, looking back on it, you know, there, when you're in the middle of it, you start scratching your head. And that's what I was doing. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I, I never got the vaccine, and I, I, I same just, here. I won't, and I won't. It, and, and I didn't at this point, absolutely not. But I, you know, there's a lot of pressure from various people. You know, got to get this, got to get this. And I kept saying to myself, something's not right here. Absolutely, something is not right here. And uh, well, I never got the jab neither. I'm going to tell you now, and I won't get the jab. Uh, I seen uh, we have some close friends. Our mutual friend Lori uh, uh, Bontel, her sister. What happened to her sister? Yeah. Heartbreaking story. I mean, sit down there. Just uh, what bothers me, I think, when I look at this whole uh, 
protocol that they call it. Basically, CDC is paying hospitals and doctors to kill Americans. When you think, like, I think it's $7,000 just to get diagnosed with COVID. So when we walk in the door, uh, even if you had a motorcycle accident, oh, it was COVID related. They'll, they'll brand it right away so they get that $7,000. If they put you on a ventilator, I think it's $35,000 yeah. that they get uh, just to put you on a ventilator. Why are we paying our medical folks to kill us or to put us to the diagnosis it's all about the money and of course if you die you get paid up to seven hundred thousand dollars per person which i find very concerning too also very concerning why uh why the governor did not sunset the law to do away with this mandatory stuff i'm i'm uh, uh, and i can't actually get exact bill number but we're looking at that too i'm concerned that uh um, uh, I, I would like to see, and we're actually, after I got this video last night, late last night, I put a call to action, which you'll probably get that in your email. Uh, I think it's time for the governor to step up and say, you know what, let's get rid of all COVID uh, vaccines to take them off the shelf and destroy them because these things are, uh, there's too many uh, vaccine injuries that I'm seeing across the United States, let alone here in Florida. Uh, we've had over, um, what is it, I think 87 or 90,000, over 90,000 Floridians die because of the protocol itself. And we keep records of that. And it's their data. We go to the CDC and look at the data, and it breaks it down per state how many Floridians got killed by this. this uh, and that's what's, what, what's being reported. Right. Okay. Right. Just But right now, just on the CD side, we, we uh, over about over 90,000 Floridians. So. It's just like uh, Lori's sister. I, I mean, if... if an autopsy had never been taken, they would have never known, but they, you know, that's COVID-related, COVID-related. Had nothing to do with COVID, she didn't even have COVID. Yeah. So. Well, end of the day, you know, I, all I just tell people out there, I say, you know, and again, it comes back to common sense to me. Uh, when I look at folks and they say, you you need this, this shot, no, you don't. You don't need this shot. This shot here, uh, first of all, never really uh, got through the trial test through, through the uh, Pfizer and uh, basically, bottom line, it's all about all about the green, making money, and it's very disheartening because uh, lives are, are being destroyed. Uh, the the vaccine injuries that I see uh, from brain to heart, uh, I mean, it's just it's heartbreaking. You know, just uh, I just pray for those people, but at the end of the day, we have to uh, step up our game and make sure that uh, that phone and we the emails to the governor let them know we, we you need to shut her down. That's right. I totally agree with you. Tell us a little bit about um, how people can get involved with Florida Republican Assembly. You guys are awesome. You show up, and um, I, I'm I'm grateful for what you guys do. Tell us how you can get involved. Give me your website. Sure. And also, you mentioned a podcast. Tell me about how to get on that podcast, too. Yeah, we just actually launched our first FRA News podcast, uh, uh, The Voice of Truth, and uh, we want to make sure that a, tr a voice you can trust. So we, uh, the Florida, Pub Florida Republican Assembly dot com or dot org is where you can go sign up. Uh, we have a brand new website. And, I saw it. And, it looks uh, awesome. It's, and, and right there on there, we're, we're proud to say God's in charge of our organization here. I'm just one of the first lieutenants to help get the, get across the finish line. The, uh, um, but we're about uh, action. Uh, we're a 527 organization. Uh, we're the political arm to go out and make a difference. And, and, and not necessarily just about for Republicans, but for all Americans, you right. know, we'll do what's right. Uh, that issue up in Volusia County that uh, you called me on, said you need some help. The Nazis were coming to town to uh, uh, make, uh, put, they put a hit job or whatever, uh, threatened uh, Sheriff Chitwood's life as well as the Jewish community. 
And uh, we reacted right away. We got deployed up there right away, and we were proud to be part of that to show, no, we're not going to allow this kind of happen. It was a little uh, difficult for the media to understand. Nazis, Republicans, they thought we are on the same team. No, we're not. No, sir. Far from the no. We are That's against right. Nazis, and we'll stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters because the Bible commands us to do so. I just want to point something out. There's a wall right there to the, to the side of you, and I don't know if, if our camera can get that. Um, but we actually went to the National Broadcasters uh, Association a couple days before this event, and um, we brought it. And guess who showed up? Sheriff Chitwood showed up. Wow. And uh, in fact, his signature's on there somewhere. Nice. He came into the booth and, and, and talked a little bit about how grateful he was that we, we show up. up. I like that. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm going to sign that too, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. excited. But um, it, it's basically. It, it is a thing that's happening in Florida right now, and it's happening across the country, but in Florida, it's very, very concerning that this is going on, and um, we are going to do everything we can to get them out of this state. I, I'd rather just get them out of the country, but at least get them out of this Absolutely. state. Absolutely. You know, to me, any type, anybody who wants to commit harm on anybody, it, to me, uh, just, we need to get rid of them. They need to move on. And. Uh, um, uh, I'll play Uber Lou and have you take them to the airport and get rid of these guys. There so. you go. Hey, we'll fund that too. <laughs> That's right. So, thank you so much oh, for thank everything you, you and do. And thank you at Eagle Forum, Randy, what you guys do. We're just excited to be part of you guys. You're our coalition partners. And, and uh, me, Casa, Sue, Casa, anything you can help you out, man, we're here. We'll stand by your side. Thank you, God bless Thank you, brother. You too. Worldview Truth.